comparing beer and chocolate with Lucy Saunders, author of The Best of American Beer and Food. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio's coverage of the Great American Beer Festival's beer and chocolate demonstration that was given at the Beer and Food Pavilion Saturday night. This demonstration was given by Lucy, who was recently on our show, and author of the new book, The Best of American Beer and Food. How many of you have stopped over at the Ashkenazi booth and tried some of the chocolate nibs already? Okay, good. Well, I'm going to go ahead and send some around, because uh, it's this fermented flavor in the cocoa nibs that creates the most synergy when you're pairing with craft beer. What we're going to be doing today is I'm going to start out by sending these uh, nibs around to taste. Um, then I'll be talking a little bit about the recipes that we'll be uh, sampling today. You can keep that uh, with it so that people can see the information. It's uh, the Ecuadorian ribs, uh, nibs from uh, the Santa Riba. The uh, Best of American Beer and Food was about a year in the making. And one of the things that made this book unusual is that we have a whole chapter devoted to chocolate and a whole chapter devoted to cheese pairings. And we decided to hone in on the chocolate because uh, we're actually been sampling cheeses uh, with every session at the best, uh, Beer and Food Pavilion. And uh, we're really lucky to have some spectacular uh, recipes from the cookbook, The Best of American Beer and Food, and also some wonderful um, breweries donated beer for our sampling. Uh, the Wisconsin Belgian Red from New Glarus, which I think is a very uh, chocolate-friendly style. The, certainly the Belgians have nailed the fruit lambics and chocolate combination for centuries. Is that better? The Wisconsin Belgian Red is its a unique style because they use aged hops and also open wood fermentation vats. So it's very much uh, sort of true to style, but what makes it very American is the use of Wisconsin Door County cherries. There are um, about uh, a little over a pound of cherries in every bottle that's made. So it's a really intense fruity flavor. And as these nips go around, you'll notice that they're a little sour, a little, and there's a slight fruity flavor that follows that sourness and then you get a little bit of roasted cocoa flavor. And uh, what I find with the Wisconsin Belgian Red is that it, by itself, it can seem very sweet, but when you pair it with something else that's sweet, it really brings out all those fruit characteristics. Um, we'll also be trying the Bourbon Barrel Bach from the Glarus Brewing Company. It's part of the Unplugged series. Dan Carey likes to experiment. A lot of you who are, live in Wisconsin, anybody else here from Wisconsin? Okay, great. So you know that New Glarus, um, Dan Carey doesn't always brew to style. And this particular one, the uh, Bourbon Barrel Bach, is uh, absolutely uh, not to style. The uh, next one we'll be tasting after that is the uh, Pipeline Porter from uh, Kona Brewing Company. They use actually uh, estate-grown Kona uh, coffee that's grown in a very small coffee plantation about three miles from their brewery. And the pipeline porter is really intense and we're pairing it with uh, the chocolate stout brownie recipe in the, in the cookbook because I felt like you definitely want that uh, uh, coffee flavor to go along with the brownies. Now, how many of you like fudgy brownies? 
fudgy. Okay, well, then you're very happy today because this is extremely fudgy. It's almost like a brownie truffle. And um, then we actually do have some real truffles. These are kind of unusual truffles. They're actually made with chili and vanilla. And that's kind of in homage to the tradition of chocolate being served with uh, the Mayan Indians at their religious ceremonies. They used to serve ground chocolate with chili powder and mixed with a little bit of sh uh, sugar or sweetener. And uh, that spicy chocolate combination has been around in Latin culture and cooking for absolutely centuries. Uh, you'll also find it in Mexico with the mole sauces. In Oaxaca, there are probably um, mole sauces made with eight or 12 different kinds of chili peppers and ground cocoa, which brings out you know, the sort of fruity floral f flavor in the chilies themselves. Because chilies, after you get that hit of heat, you will get this intense sort of uh, uh, fruity flavor. And in this case, we're gonna be tasting it with a uh, chocolate truffle, which is from uh, a company called Cacao in St. Louis. And uh, it's a very small company owned by a young woman who started out being a doctor and she decided she could heal more people's lives by making chocolate. <laughs> so um, chocolate is good for you. Just like beer in moderation is good for you, chocolate in moderation is very, very good for you. And one of the things that's actually not in the chapter uh, on chocolate recipes in my cookbook but deserves to be mentioned is that recently the Food and Drug Administration has initiated a proposal where uh, products made without any cocoa butter at all, which is the fat that's extracted from the cocoa bean. Uh, it's it's, a, it's an almost flavorless fat, but what makes it unusual is that it just has the perfect uh, consistency to melt in your mouth. It just, it, it, it actually liquefies in your mouth. So that's one of the hallmarks of a good chocolate eating experience is getting that soft melt-in-the-mouth characteristic that comes from cocoa butter. And so the FDA is now um, considering adding rules where um, products can be labeled as chocolate, but they're actually made with trans fats or uh, saturated fats or tropical oils, which are very high in saturated fats. So be on the lookout. When you're looking at pro uh, products, you're going to have to be reading the labels a lot more carefully in the future unless the uh, FDA makes some changes. Um, I do think of beer as food. That's one reason why I talk about, you know, the ingredients uh, that go along with beer flavors. Um, I think that beer and chocolate, because they're both fermented foods, make a, make, make a wonderful pairing. How many of you know how chocolate is made? Okay, so I'll just go over very quickly. Um, the groves of uh, cocoa trees uh, are probably 10 to 12 feet for a tree. And the pods actually grow right out of the sides of the trunks of the tree, as well as off of the branches. Uh, cocoa beans are uh, actually uh, harvested from those pods when they're ripe. It takes about six months for a pod to ripen. They're allowed to ferment in uh, closed boxes that are ventilated. Then they're sun dried for at least a month and then they are uh, roasted. And the degree of roasting actually really correlates very strongly with the degree of roasting that you get with a malt. So when a maltster is kilning their barley, 
and you know, judging the saccharide formation in the malt after germination in the same way a really experienced chocolatier, a chocolate maker, is evaluating those chocolate, those cocoa beans and determining based on their fat content how long they need to be roasted. And just in the same way that a brewer will blend malt very carefully to create the, just the right level of fermentable sugars, um, a chocolatier will blend chocolates to create just the right mouthfeel and experience. So for example, in the, the truffles that we'll be tasting from Cacao in St. Louis, um, they actually, uh, she uses a little bit of milk chocolate in the dark, bittersweet couverture, which is the covering for the, the, the truffle. And the reason she uses just a little bit of milk chocolate is to soften it up a little bit. The pure bittersweet chocolate would have such a hard shell that it wouldn't really, um, it would be crackly in the mouth. It wouldn't have that soft melting quality that she wants. Um, and so, you know, when we're tasting these chocolates, one of the things I did was I got the beer out of the refrigerated trailer, um, thanks to the volunteers who made that happen so quickly. I wanted them to come up in temperature a little bit because chocolate is best tasted when it is a little bit warm. You'll get much more of the depth of the flavor. And the same for beer. I don't like it served ice cold. I want it to be just a little bit uh, higher in temperature. So how many of you have empty beer glasses? Okay, great. So what, what I'm going to do is uh, start pouring the Belgian red, and uh, I want to make sure that you won't drink all of it right away. You have to save some of it to taste with the confections that are coming out. How many of you have been to Wisconsin before? Yeah, this is actually one of the true destination beers, I think, for the state. Anyways, the Nucleus Brewing Company has uh, started a real uh, ambitious project for expanding their brew house. And uh, it's, it's amazing because they did, they did this thing where they designed the brewery to look like a gigantic barn with a Tudor guest house at the end of it where all of the special events and tastings are going to be held. And everything has sort of come together for them in a really magical fashion. And they're going to be doing a lot more tourism and tastings there once they get that finished. So the yeast used for this uh, is a, a Belgian-style yeast. And he does harvest yeast from uh, batch to batch. Um, this is one of the beers that actually uh, ages really well. I have um, bottles of this dating back to 1998. So I'm always interested to see what it's going to taste like when I open up some of the really older bottles. So how many of you are involved in bottle aging your beers at home? That's great, because one of the things that I do think is that stronger beers um, that are age a little bit more develop some more interesting yeast characteristics that also go really well with chocolate and chocolate desserts. Um, however, for the... Um, one of the reasons we gave kind of a generous pour for the Nuglaris cherry beers, you're going to be tasting it twice. You're going to be tasting it with the um, barley wine marshmallows. And the barley wine marshmallows are a recipe that I got from the Pelican Pub and Brewery. And yeah, yeah, they do some really creative things with food there. And uh, the, the marshmallows make great adult s'mores. You can put them in graham crackers and, and melt them in the oven with some stout fudge ganache. There's a recipe for that in the cookbook too.
Um, but what we've done is we've actually made a, a, a stout fudge uh, sauce, and that's going to be presented on the plate. So you'll taste the marshmallow once with the New Glarus uh, cherry red, and then you'll taste it again with a chocolate sauce and see how the flavor changes. Now I'm stirring the, uh, stud, the fudge uh, stout sauce because it needs to break up a little more, to warm up a little more evenly. Uh, we had hoped that the culinary school would leave us their um, burners to be able to heat things up. So this is a creative adaptation. Now does everybody have some beer? Excellent. And what do you think about your first sip? Yeah, yeah, very sweet. Yeah, and you're gonna watch it change as you take that first bite of marshmallow as people uh, get their plates. You'll notice that the, um, that first bite of marshmallow, which is actually made with the old chub Scotch Ale from Dale's, that first bite of marshmallow tastes very sweet. Yes, old chub from Dale's. Mm -hmm. And then when you taste it, the marshmallow with the chocolate sauce, followed by a swig of the cherry red. And you'll see how much more of the cherry flavor emerges, but doesn't seem quite so sweet by comparison. It's sort of adding that extra layer of sugar that kind of changes it. Now, um, some people have the marshmallow here, and I'm gonna put them on the spot by asking them what do they think of the taste with the cherry beer. I like it, I like it better when you dip into the chocolate. Yes. Cherry and chocolate, a time-honored combination. Yeah, I think of this when you get the um, when you get the chocolate, it does sort of taste like that chocolate-covered cherry experience. These are the Pelican Wee Heavy Marshmallows, and they're made with plain gelatin. And that's actually one of the thickeners that I like to use most when I'm cooking with beer. If I'm making a sauce for salmon or something like that. You can use plain unflavored gelatin and uh, a vice beer perhaps, uh, accented with a little lemon or dill, and uh, mix it with some unflavored gelatin that's been softened in water. Blend all of that together and chill it, and then cut it, uh, chill it in a sheet pan, and then you can cut it into small cubes and make sort of a savory jello out of beer and put it on top of your salmon or your grilled fish or poached chicken. They use that, that same principle that's been around for a long time in terms of garnishes, but Pelican Pub used that same principle and took the uh, gelatin and decided to make it sweet with Scottish ale, um, cane sugar, a lot of uh, bourbon vanilla extract, and uh, powdered sugar. Hi. The next beer that's coming up is the Bourbon Barrel Bob, which I mentioned is part of the Unplugged series. And um, we're going to be pouring that. And I thought that when you tasted this one with the uh, marshmallow, it had brought out a completely different flavor. You can also save a little bit of your bourbon barrel bock to try with a brownie. But the idea is that you kind of bridge your taste. Um, the bourbon barrel bock is aged in bourbon barrels um, for about three months, I think, and then blended and bottled. So it's a really labor-intensive beer. That's why he does it as part of the Unplugged series. It's done as a limited release, and he rotates these styles in and out throughout the course of the year, and um, you, there's no guarantee that you'll necessarily get this, get this style again. So it's, it's a real treat to be able to have it.
I thought that it actually brought out um, a little more of the scotch ale flavor and the marshmallow kind of picked up on that flavor. Yeah. Yeah, you can really taste the bourbon. It's a really strong bourbon flavored beer. And I think it, I, I don't know if you, if you caught this, but when I tasted it with the marshmallow, I felt it made like the old chub and the marshmallow come out a little bit more. Or maybe it was just the synergy of those two together. But I also like thinking of using these marshmallows uh, with a, uh, made with a Scottish ale or a barley wine, and you could float them in cocoa and top it off with a little bit of stout. <laughs> so how many of you have gotten the bourbon barrel now? Do you, pretty much everybody? Okay, great, great. Um, it is a really spirituous kind of a beer. Um, in terms of other food pairings, I would go for um, barbecue. I would go for the caramelized flavors that you get in ribs that have cooked for a long time, brisket that's been smoked, um, or possibly even uh, some, of, some of the smoked meats, smoked sausages and things like that. Because I do feel like that flavor would go really well with mustards and all these kinds of condiments that you typically find with, you know, those barbecue, um, barbecued meats, grilled meats. That would be my combination for that particular style of beer, the Bourbon Barrel Bach. However, you could also make a really interesting fondue with it. I've, I've often thought that uh, why should uh, wine hold the uh, key to a, a, a fondue, that you can make a wonderful fondue with beer. And I think this particular style would work well with some of the um, aged mountain cheeses like uh, Gruyere. Um, the, the chocolate sauce that you tasted with the uh, barley wine marshmallows is a really simple recipe. It's basically um, uh, two parts cream, one part stout, um, eight ounces of bittersweet chocolate, and uh, vanilla extract, and a tiny pinch of salt. And so this uh, sauce is really very easy to make, but when it's chilled, it firms up into almost a ganache that you can also use as a topping or a frosting. So I'd move on now um, to a taste of the brownie with that uh, bourbon barrel bock. How many of you um, have already moved on to that tasting? A few hands, great. Good for you, good for you. Um, I thought that that, that fudge flavor really came out with that. Uh, now we're going to move into the uh, pipeline porter, so still save a little bit of that brownie. So we have the Kona pipeline porter coming around. How many of you have tried this beer before? Yeah, it's a really exquisite beer. You can use it in all kinds of cooking. I've used it in uh, barbecue sauces. I've used it to make pancakes uh, with a little bit of cocoa added. Um, I've used it... Uh, actually to make ice cream floats. It makes a wonderful dessert with a simple addition of a little uh, vanilla or chocolate ice cream. And you can also make it to make uh, to use uh, with this chocolate sauce or the brownies. So the pipeline porter, coffee and chocolate need no explanation as a partner. I mean, it's just it's a seamless harmony going together. I think it really, it, it really is the closest to an espresso flavor in a beer that I've had. I think it's just because that coffee is such, it's so freshly grown, roasted, and uh, goes right into the brew kettle. There's a, just a, you know, a period of uh, days between the time that the coffee is roasted and actually goes into the brew kettle. 
So it's really nice. Nice, fresh, toasty flavors. And a really seamless harmony with chocolate. And next up, we're going to have the uh, Rogue Chocolate Stout. That's a personal favorite because it's not only chocolatey, but it's also got a good hops character. I think you really taste the fact that it is a stout. And uh, it's... I think it goes really well with the truffle, which is the last pairing. And um, you should definitely wait for the chocolate stout to try with that uh, truffle. Because I feel like the pipeline porter, the coffee flavor, uh, doesn't go as well with the chili flavor that's in the truffle. The truffles are actually made with a little bit of ground cayenne pepper. And uh, that little bit of heat hits about midway through the first swallow of chocolate. So you should definitely not eat, pop that chocolate in in one mouthful. You should take two or three bites and nibble at it and taste the beer in between. And uh, notice how much the flavor of the beer uh, helps moderate that heat from the chili, which I also think is one of the reasons why beer is so superior for so many kinds of food is because it really can handle the heat. It can stand up with all kinds of chilies and wanted you to have that taste. And you'll notice that the, the truffles are topped with something that looks uh, a little gray and crispy on top. That actually is a, is a cocoa nib. And that's one of the ways they decorate those particular truffles. Um, the truffle ganache um, takes actually about a week to make. Um, the truffle ganache is uh, formed and then allowed to set up refrigerated for three days and this helps the, um, the all the flavorings meld together and some of the excess moisture evaporates while it's refrigerated and, and so as it evaporates uh, the texture of the uh, truffle becomes that much creamier and softer and richer and I think that particular uh, chili truffle really shows how important cocoa butter is, how it just does have that perfect melt-in-the-mouth texture, both the coating and the center itself. One of the reasons that I come to festivals like the Great American Beer Festival, and I feel it, feel it is a really important part of beer education, is that you do get to taste and taste widely. And so when you do go make an effort to get out and go to different festivals, you will have the chance to sample different beers. I was asked out of the spectrum of the many thousands of beers that are out there, how did I come up with these particular pairings? And uh, what I found was that I, have a I try and keep a taste memory. I have a taste memory and I think when I taste something for the first time, I always think, what would this taste good with? What would this pair well with? And then I kind of make a, I'll make a note sometimes if I'm keeping a tasting diary at that festival. And when I go back and I'm putting together recipes, I will have sometimes a particular beer in mind. Because I'm a cook and I love to cook and I'm, I have lots of, you know, uh, you know, experience in cooking, it's easier for me to tailor a dish around a beer. I, I, I really like to do that. I'll, it's easy for me to taste a beer and think of what I want to make and go with it. And that's where I use as my starting point. And I like, to, I, I like to use that technique because I really believe that beer is food and it deserves the respect that you would give to any other ingredient that you'd bring, in, bring into your kitchen. The truffles were made by a company called Cacao out of St. Louis. And if anybody's interested in them, I can make sure that you get a, a business card.
Thank you for listening to this portion of the Craft Beer Radio Great American Beer Festival coverage. To find more coverage or to subscribe to our podcast, go to craftbeerradio.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. 